0: Everybody, and welcome to Taking Control the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer.
2: Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete.
0: Happy New ha- Year, Nikki Happy Kinzer. Happy New Year to you. Huzzah. Huzzah. We're,
2: we're here. We made it.
0: Were there fireworks where you were? In the uh, year outside. Uh, yeah. But, did they, yeah, the, did the world any. change appreciably? Uh, no. <laughs>
2: As I was telling you before uh, we started the show, I was in sweatpants and sweatshirt. I showered every other day and no makeup on for (laughs) pretty much the whole entire two weeks.
0: So... As you um, do.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like,
0: that's good. It's good for you. Watched a
2: lot of movies, did some puzzles.
0: Well, I... I think that uh, yeah, the puzzles were a hit. I think it did change, if only because so many people believe that it changed. And sometimes that's all you need, right? Uh, and I, New so numbers. I am, yeah, I am just all in for uh, for change this year. And I'll go ahead and ride that wave as long as we possibly can. Uh, Great, very, very exciting. So today we are we've it's been forever since we've done a a Nikki and Pete Q and A, and we have Q and As cues that have stacked up, ready for their A's. And we're going <laughs> to do that today. So it should be uh, it should be fun. There are some great questions. Before we do that, head over to Take Control ADHD. Get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show on the website or subscribe to the mailing list and we'll send an email to you each week every time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD. And lest we forget, Patreon is here to help support you and help support us. Patreon is listener-supported podcasting. For a few bucks a month, you can join one of our tiers and know that your support is going to help us invest more time in this podcast and more time in the resources around our ADHD community, which is amazing. If you've ever found that you understand your relationship in a new way uh, with ADHD, thanks to something you've learned on this show, we certainly would encourage you to head over to patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn more. Uh, We got some things up our sleeves for 2021. We do. I'm I'm pretty excited about them, Nikki. I'm very excited. In fact, uh, we have, after, there's always a little bit of a holiday shuffle, but after the holiday shuffle, we need 15 more members to support us for our, to hit our next goal. Uh, And that gets us to the release of our uh, resource library, all the resources that have been, uh, we've talked about on this show, apps, websites, journal articles, everything that we've ever talked about on the show. Uh, All the links have been lovingly uh, tested and curated by the wonderful Discord mom. Uh, Melissa has done a great job at building this thing up in coda and we're we are putting the finishing touches on it, but we really appreciate your support to help us earn back the uh, what we uh, what we put into it up front. Uh, so we sure appreciate you help us get to that to that magic number uh, if you've ever been considering it uh, uh, now's the time and I don't know should I should I mention what we're thinking about for our next goal? Sure. I've been thinking a lot about it, Nikki. The Are I was—I feel like I was—I don't know—I feel like I was, I like was Shanghai a little bit. But Uh-oh. we're going to do a members-only podcast, and it's going to be Pete doing his thing, <laughs> thing about technology. Yeah, I, and I say. Pete, this other guy in the third person, because right. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work Pete? out or not, but I'm very excited <laughs> to hear this show, whatever comes of it. I'm very excited that I've had Tech. a lot of, of ideas yeah. over the holidays. You left me alone without, like, we didn't even talk in two weeks, and suddenly uh, my cup runneth over with ideas for episodes that we're going to talk about uh, uh, ADHD, attention technology, and all kinds of good stuff. It's like a whole podcast every other week uh, for... Uh, for members, but we we do need to hit that next goal to make that happen right. because it is a time consuming, uh, such a time consuming thing. But we're very excited to do our first serious members only podcast. Like mm-hmm. not even released in in the podcast directories. It's only available to you if you're if you're with us on Patreon. So I'm thrilled to be able to do that and cannot wait. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, uh, help That's help exciting. me help you. That's what I have to say. So patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Special thanks to Nicole and Mary Lou and Leanne and Evan and Stephanie and Eleonora, Rose and Amy and Deb and Danielle uh, for jumping in and supporting us over the last couple of weeks and becoming members of the ADHD community. Thank you so much. We love you. Uh, you're fantastic. And now um, let's, talk about, uh, let's talk about some Q's and A's. Our first question, Nikki Kinzer, comes from our community member, Matt, uh, who is fantastic. And the question uh, is, I'm going to go ahead and read the, the preamble, too, right? We'll just read yes, the whole thing. Yeah, all sure. right, here we go. From Matt. I don't know. Should I do funny voices? Matt <laughs> says. Um, all right. Much of the time, it feels like my brain is in a constant tug of war between ADHD paradoxes. For example, giving myself permission for margin and taking time to think about a problem or topic can just as easily turn into a hyper session. I've developed awareness of what these two different mental states feel like, but because they're polar opposites, one has time pressure and the other doesn't, I have great difficulty making decisions about which one I want to apply to any given project, whether at work or in my personal life. I've learned many things about myself and ADHD over the last few years and many great tips and tools on this podcast and elsewhere, but this constant tension between giving myself space and holding myself accountable, e.g. using timers, time blocking, setting goals, remains a challenge. Is this feeling just a part of having ADHD that I have to learn to live with, or are there specific emotional or mental tools and strategies I can look to when it comes up?
2: This is what I think. I, I, I feel that the, the, the question, uh, I think it is probably part of your ADHD and, and there is probably some acceptance there, but I don't think that that means that you can't, you know, figure out what some tools might be or strategies could be. Uh, but one of the things that came up to, for me right away is that th- the scenario feels very vague. To me. And so I think that um, probably having a little bit more clarity of what these two stages are and where they apply um, in his life. And so really trusting yourself on, uh, you know, is this about being productive or am I avoiding something? You know, right. Yeah. So it, it is. Am I taking too much time to do something that I'm just because I'm avoiding something else? Yeah. Right. Um, and and I think that that's where you have to be a little bit more um, or have more clarity about what your goal is on whatever it is you're doing. Like, do you need to set a time frame? on how much research you do? Or do you need to zero in on just a couple of options versus looking at all options or whatever? Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, really just kind of identifying more of what it is that your goal is and uh, trusting yourself and, and asking those hard questions. The other thing that I would recommend is that ADHDers, for the most part, are verbal processors. And so if you are in a situation and you're not exactly sure what you need, hyper focus or no hyper-focus or whatever, you know, whatever challenge may uh, be uh, coming your way is to talk to somebody about it because uh, talking it out and listening to yourself speak can help you identify where you are and what you need out of this situation and, and, and potentially get you away from any kind of rabbit hole.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's really important. And the other thing is I wanted to just review for a second the whole concept of margin and, and like why that's right. useful. We did that. We did the show on margin. And I I think it's important because I think um, misattributing margin for this purpose um, may be causing you to give too put too much pressure on yourself for these kinds of projects, right? And I should say, the application of any strategy to do this, timers, whatever, whether it's free time or or brainstorming time, whatever, that's all great. Even if you use it sporadically, right? The the application of those tools helps you build new habits, right? It's working toward a, a, a change, toward a new mm-hmm. way to focus. But But margin, in particular, is the buffer time that allows you To think about new projects and things it's it's the stuff that it's it's the free time that you're blocking away intentionally by not filling your schedule to 110 percent that actually allows you to have some open brain time so that when new projects come up, you can you do have the flexibility to be able to say, hey. I'm going to take an hour or two, or you know, to to actually invest some of myself in this, um, and and maybe it's a hyper focus session, maybe it's a seven hour bender on a Saturday, whatever it is. Like that's why margin exists. So, mm-hmm. uh, in so far as they they seem like polar opposites, uh, opposites because of the time pressure versus no time pressure. Really, I don't look at it like that. I really look at at, at one in service of another. Right. right. You you build margin. So you have flexibility um with, with some of these other things. So I I wouldn't characterize those states as, as quite so different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like a a knife is in service of spreading butter on a delicious bagel, right? The knife is in yeah. service to to this other thing. Right. So right. is margin in service to new projects and and new ideas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great point. I, I love that question. And I think I, I did want to. I just want to add, because there are a couple of questions like this, like, is this just a thing about ADHD? And I just have to say out loud, yes. In a word, yeah. yes. This is a thing you, you live with, and it's okay to, to lean in and embrace that. This is, yeah, a, this is constant. It will be constant. That's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Once you do that, you can free yourself from some of that pressure.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, we have a question from Heidi. Heidi says this. I wholeheartedly agree with the concept of giving oneself grace and reframing negative self-talk. However, I am then afraid that I'm being too soft on myself and not pushing myself enough to achieve goals. Certainly, this may, this may be all or nothing thinking, but I have trouble working it out in my head when applying it to myself. Several years ago, I worked with a coach who said that X can be true and Y can be true at the same time. So can X equals giving yourself grace, being kind to yourself, and Y equal while still challenging yourself to achieve higher standards or goals, both be true at the same time? Also, if Pete could provide a South Park analogy as a good mnemonic device, that would be a bonus.
2: Well, Pete, <laughs> what's your South Park analogy? <laughs>
0: I, am, I am shamed because I read this question first, and then I got so embroiled in thinking about the other questions, thinking, okay, I'm going to come back and go back through my favorite South Park episodes, that I didn't do it. I didn't oh, do it. All yes. I, The only South Park I can think about right now is uh, introducing Mr. Hinky the Christmas poo, and that <laughs> just doesn't seem to relate. So I am so sorry, Heidi, but you can bet I will be doing this and I'll get back to you in the community.
2: That's right. Yeah, that's right. So what do you think? Well, you know, I'm so glad that she brought this up because I think this is this is a roadblock, right? This is one of those things that can easily keep you from being nice to yourself because yeah. there's this guilt around being nice to yourself <laughs> totally. so, right um humans are so hard on themselves and especially adhders are so hard on themselves and i 100 percent believe what your coach said that you can have x and y at the same time you can be you can give yourself grace but still grow and uh, and you know having the negative self-talk isn't going to serve you it's never gonna serve you, really, right? It's not gonna help you, it's not gonna motivate you, it's not gonna build you up. So feeling guilty about that is not serving you either. So you gotta right. look at just this is self is negative self-talk, right? So we have to kind of like recognize it and then really kind of tell it to leave. Like, okay, you can, you can go now <laughs> because this isn't gonna help me. Um you know, I think that we reframe what success means to ourselves. So you have to think about like if you, if, if somebody was coming to you, Heidi, and asking you this question and, and say it was somebody that you really loved, uh, a family member, a dear friend, a partner, a child, whatever. And they were to say, you know, I, this is how i feel what would you say to them my guess is that you would not probably say oh go ahead and keep beating yourself up because you know you probably really aren't doing enough like we're not going to that's just yeah. not the truth and so i think um self growth is is not changing who you are it's about growing as a person and so give yourself that grace and and know that you can still reach for whatever dreams or goals you have by giving yourself that grace. Like there it doesn't have to be one or the other. It yeah. it really can be the same. Um yeah, and it should right. be because we make mistakes. We're not consistent. And uh and so we want to recognize the the positive the positive movements going forward and not feel like you know we're holding ourselves back because we're guilty about giving ourselves grace.
0: Right, right. Well, I mean, this is this is cognitive dissonance, right? Textbook. This mm-hmm. is carrying two competing ideas in our heads at the same time, and it hurts. It hurts our brains to do that sometimes, yes. uh, particularly depending on the emotional weight of either or both of those things. And I, I think, like Matt's questions question above, the act of embracing that feeling of of working on whatever your inner script is to change the tone. And accept it will go a long way toward making you immune to it, right? Mm-hmm. Saying, "Hey, I'm okay with this negative thing in my life right now." and I know, I know I'm gonna feel weird about it because of my ADHD. Bring it on. Right? Bring it on. Let's go yeah. ahead and see what we can do with that feeling today. I know mm-hmm. I'm gonna feel crappy for the next three or four hours. Bring it on because as soon as you say that out loud, suddenly, magically, you'll never feel as bad as you think you're going to feel right Right, it's like getting a shot i hate i can hate needles i hate them i pass out when they get close to my arm but when i get a shot i have that same like childlike reaction to the needle piercing the skin and so i sit there and i pinch my other hand really hard Uh and you know what doesn't hurt anymore (laughs) Right. <laughs> the shot doesn't hurt anymore because I am a programmable dummy, right? Like we are we are adaptable creatures. And I think that's really important to to recognize that that you can't like the act of changing that script is effectively pinching your other hand, right? The yeah. thing that, that you expect to happen will not happen as badly, as severely, as overtly as you think it will. And so mm-hmm. I think that's the act of embracing that sensation and um and just knowing that. You that that feeling that pain is it, like you you are you're making a choice on on how to feel that, and I think about that all the time when I'm mired in my own self doubt and judgment and pain. Oh God, I'm choosing to do this again. Right. I guess I you know it's time to start pinching my other hand.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. You have such great analogies and metaphors, but none today. of them
0: are South Park analogies, Nikki. I know. Jeez. i'm
2: thinking about bagels i'm thinking about all kinds of stuff
0: (laughs) all right uh let's see who do we have next we have um uh oh our very own (laughs) our very own discord mom says what are your new year's resolutions do you have any current tolerations you want to take care of in 2021 are you doing any resolutions this year
2: well, I don't really do resolutions. We've talked yeah. about this before. Yeah. This is not something that I uh, really focus on because I really think that every any time of the year is a good time of the year to focus on anything that you need to focus on. Yeah. Um, I will say that I am doing the January Purge for the first time uh, with Pete Wright and some others yeah. in the Discord community. You want to talk about that for a little bit?
0: Oh, it's so much fun. We've talked about this on the show before. So this, this, you know, if you've listened to past episodes about, you know, around new year, uh, this, this might be familiar territory, but, uh, we have some dear friends who for many years running, we have done what we call the family January blood oath challenge. And, uh, it, it started because we thought, okay, uh, we have a lot of clutter and garbage around the house. Like, Not garbage, but clutter and things that we that are just collecting dust. And do we really need those things in our lives? And uh, and are we fetishizing the past? You know, like we (laughs) we keep things around for way too long. And so we started this thing where on the day, uh, every day for the month of January, you have to get rid of that number of things in your house and in your life. And so on day one, you get rid of one thing. On day two, you get rid of two things. And by the time you hit day 31, you're looking for 31 fresh things to get rid of your house after day 30, where you got rid of 30 other things. Like, it adds yeah. up pretty significantly. And, um, and and it, you know, the first year we did it, like, oh God, we're, this was exhausting. Like, where are we going to find all these things to get rid of? And then we got to the end and we're like, okay, should we keep going through February? like it's just right. alarming at how much crap we we collect and and it's everything little things big things little things big things it's everything so i decided this year that i i would just throw it out to the community we we decided to do it again and uh so the blood oath challenge january purge is on a couple people stepped up so i created a channel in our um uh, deluxe tier so for for community members just to keep it since we're sharing pictures of 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 you know we don't want pictures out too publicly. So we're trying to be kind of respectful of that. So it is for members only, but um, it is something that you can certainly do yourself. We encourage you to do it. It's enormously cathartic uh, mm-hmm. to, to see the change. By about day 15, you're like, wow, I think I can actually see my closet or my drawer or something. You start really noticing. So it's really powerful. And that is absolutely one of our, um, one of our themes for this year. So I'm so, I'm yeah. so thrilled that you were doing this.
2: Yes, I'm excited. Well, because that's definitely been a toleration that, that I've had since, um, since September when last September, when we had to evacuate and, uh, when we came back to the house, I, I think as a coping mechanism, I mentioned before that I was just cleaning and organizing and trying to, you know, kind of know like where things are. So you're not stuck in that situation again, where you don't know where everything is. Yeah and you're under like a time constraint to, to figure it out. So, um, but that it actually, so that coping mechanism has carried on in the last few months where I will kind of pick an area and start, uh, cleaning it out. So when you, when you posted this, I thought, well, this is great because it just kind of adds to that. And, uh, so I'm very excited about joining that. Um, you know, I think that, uh, one of the, I'm doing a joyful list for 2021. So we've talked about that a little bit too, of uh, this joyful list are are things that I just want to do. Like I want to make a point to do that are going to be fun and joyful, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of those things is buying fresh flowers every month, having at least one thing of fresh flowers every month. So I have those things that I'm doing. Um, Self-care is always a focus for me. That, That doesn't stop or start or stop on january 1st um i can say that my focus right now is vitamin d yeah, so i be. am uh putting vitamin d, i have a big old bottle of vitamin d on my window seal uh kitchen window seal so that i i see it you know and I immediately know to take it so that's mm-hmm. like my main focus but um yeah you know they're not really resolutions they're just things to, yeah. to focus on but well v- the fun really things important. like the joyful yeah. list is fun
0: yeah, totally. Well, and i i like I like health, and uh, because and I think health as a theme is better than like lose twenty pounds as a resolution. Yeah, because right. health as a theme is everything from like what goes into being healthy. And for me, it's it's lots of stuff that I embarrassingly have a roller coaster relationship with. Like, right. um, obviously, you know, I think I'm I'm doing better with eating. I'm doing some inter. I'm back on my intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. uh, so I don't eat anything until noon, and then I. Eat in the, and then I I really it's a good way for me to reduce caloric intake on a yeah. regular basis. And I'm usually busy enough in the morning that I'm not distracted by food. So that's mm-hmm. that's a nice way to do it. Um I but but health as a as a yearly theme or as an ongoing theme includes everything like like, what new habits do I want to build around it? Like, flossing every day. I don't, sometimes I'd right. go a long time, way too long without flossing. And I say to myself, but I'm brushing so good, but I'm still not flossing. <laughs> so, right. like, that's a thing I want to start uh, being better about. Like, just thinking about the broader aspects of health, especially after the 2020 crap show that w- existed for me for health. Like, continuing right, right. to, to um, you know, build back to to Absolutely. something that's that's is, you know stronger than was before and I think I'm I think that's possible like I I really mm-hmm. do but it, it's going to take some work I did I do want to plug a different podcast and that is the the uh, Cortex guys they've done the second run of their Cortex theme system journal because these were the guys mm-hmm. who really started talking about their the, uh, yearly themes. And so if you go to the themesystem.com, you can watch a video that CGP Gray did on why they do themes, not resolutions. And, uh, you know, I always, uh, I always pick up one of their journals. I have the their first year and I just like to see the differences that they do between them for, for because they actually produce the, they make these. They work with the guys oh, at the cool. Cotton Bureau and do great work. Um, and so I haven't actually started writing on this one yet. But what I love about it is it's, it's undated. So you just put mm-hmm. like, I, what is your theme that you're working on? And what have you done today to actually move that theme forward? What do you, And then you it has a habit tracker, it has daily notes, pages, but you date them yourself. So you don't yeah. have to go through, um, you know, this sort of uh, pre-formatted thing. It's just you, you don't waste a lot of paper. feel bad if
2: you didn't do a week
1: or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you don't
0: feel bad at all, which is, I, I think, really great. So I'm a big fan of the Cortex guys and, and uh, what they're doing over there. And the video is super clear. Uh, we'll put a link to the theme system in show notes so you can can see uh, and and get at least yourself acquainted with why um, a theme, thinking about a theme and Mm -hmm. journaling about that theme will help you move yourself forward. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing that I've been trying to embrace is more frequent theme change, right? So if health is going to be my first quarter, what is the second quarter? Like, let's let's focus on three months. How long is it really going to take me to start moving some of those things into daily practice and habit? And Start looking at maybe seasons, uh, you know, oh, what yeah. is my what idea. is the winter theme and what is the spring theme and 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 how can I, uh, you know, how can I move some of those things forward? That's another one that I got from those guys. I think they're doing some some great thinking about it and they they're mm-hmm. super uh, like living it out loud. And I really like like that. So um, there's something else to check out.
1: Yeah,
2: that's great.
0: Carlo Louis says, I just learned the term ableism. Has the podcast discussed or mentioned anything about it? Ableism. I want to learn about how it affects our ability for self-acceptance and self-compassion. Ableism. Heavy term right now. Uh, and um, yeah, it's it's a big deal. And I do, we've not ever done a show about ableism in particular. Um, and so. No, because yeah. I didn't
2: even know what it meant.
0: Oh, okay. Knew so you. I had to, when Good. I was
2: reading your notes, I was like, "What is this? I've never even heard of it."
0: Yeah. Well, it so it is, and uh, it just the the definition: discrimination and prejudice against people with disabilities and or people who are perceived to have disabilities. Um, and it it creates uh, it, it is the sort of discernment of groups by other against the you know uh, uh, perceived. Normal ability or non disabled. And um, so, you know, uh, if, if you are ableist and you then you might have a certain disdain for somebody who's in a wheelchair or uh, somebody who's it, whatever the, the. So it really boils down it's to it's a discrimination. Just, it's
2: discrimination. It is, right? but and based just... on
0: physical disability.
2: Okay. Right. Wow.
0: And it's terrible. And, and it's also insidious. Like it, it's often, you don't even know when it's happening right? Because uh, if you don't have a disability, it's incredibly difficult to put yourself in those shoes, to to have that sort of empathic experience without conscientious effort to do so. And because we don't spend a lot of time thinking about it in daily life, it's hard to develop that habit of having conscientious effort to think about those things. But If, you know, for people who have ever uh, designed a web page or let's just say released a podcast, um, you know, a podcast, which is a thing that requires you to have completely functioning hearing mechanisms. by not having transcripts on the page, that is ableism, right? In in fact, that is a, a sort of insidious kind of discrimination against those who cannot partake in something that that you create, and that is just the littlest way that we're just trying to learn culturally how to be more empathetic toward toward those. Now, the question I think is really interesting. Um, so m- once again, like, how does it affect our ability for self acceptance and self compassion? Uh, the way I am reading this. Uh, I'm gathering from the terms focus that those with disabilities, like categorizing those with disabilities as other makes it hard to adapt because we don't see ourselves as part of other groups, right? As part of, of those maybe disabled groups with ADHD. I, I don't know. Am I reading that right? What do you think?
2: The The question is very short, right? It's just that she's learned the the or he uh they i'm not sure if it, what gender mm-hmm. it is uh mm-hmm. learned this term and wants to know how it affects the ability for self-acceptance and self-compassion so i don't know exactly if you're reading into it right or not um i think that when i read the definition of the word i've never heard of it before but it certainly sounds like just discrimination and i think in the to- in the context of adhd this happens all the time uh, because there's people all over the place that that don't believe in adhd or think that you're using it as an excuse so i guess i was thinking of it more as like in terms of adhd you know do you do you tell an employer well maybe you don't want to because yeah. now they're going to think because you have adhd that you're going to be somehow less than than the, the you know somebody else that doesn't Mm -hmm. have ADHD or, um, and, and that's where all this, you know, I think the discrimination, um, can, can happen. Um, I also think because ADHD and, and a lot of other disabilities, like I think of my husband, for example, who has MS, um, they're invisible. So right. if if a, if a disability is invisible, it's really hard for people to wrap their heads around it, you know, with somebody that's blind or in a wheelchair, yeah. you know, where they can actually see it's obvious that they have a disability. And so I'm sure there's going to be some discrimination when it's not shown. Um, yeah. Does this affect your your self-acceptance and self-compassion? Absolutely, 100% does it. I mean, in or it will because any kind of discrimination, you know, is going to to affect that. And um and that sucks because there's a lot of people, you know, especially just in the context of ADHD that don't believe in it and you can't convince them otherwise. And so you have to kind of think I think what do you have control over? What don't you, what are the conversations worth having? Which ones are just ready, you know, where you can just say, okay, that's great. Great. You think that and walk away. Somebody was telling me, you know, bless you. That's so wonderful. Yeah, bless God you. bless you. Oh, you know, you. Yeah. <laughs> that's great that you think that way and then leave. But, you know, I, I think that if you are surrounded by people who are discriminating against you too, you've got to think about that. Like, who are you surrounding yourself with? Um, Because you want people who are building you up, not, you know, not, not pushing you down. So, yeah, I don't know. That's how I kind of took it.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think it would be worth I I think we need to investigate further on this just in in particular, just how how the the tone is changing as a result of, you know, terms that that, you know, qualify um this this kind of discrimination i'll bet there's a guest or two we could bring on that that would help us understand exactly this well, and it's this so question.
2: against the law i mean yeah, right. i know right i mean like when we're looking at employment and and especially employment like you can't discriminate a- against a disability you can't ask somebody in an interview what health issues they have like mm-hmm. so yeah it's really interesting
0: but you know what's even more i mean this is this is why it's so insidious because there are fields for which, like a- ableism is enabled, uh, yeah. for, for, and all kinds of ways to get around it. You know, I come from a background of broadcasting and journalism, and, and in that universe, um, you, know, it, there is actually a protocol for terminating people based on what they look like or sound yeah. like, not what they're doing, because right. that's the nature of the ridiculousness of the field. And and public perception, and so those are the kinds of things that are that just make it really difficult to, um, you know, to to move forward, and and, um, and and so I think it's worth talking about. I yeah, I do for so, sure. Bookmark that. Uh, Let's see. Wendy says, how would you explain executive dysfunction to someone who is neurotypical or doesn't have ADHD, specifically the difficulty or inability to get started on tasks or appearing lazy? And look at that. I put my name in our notes with a colon and I (laughs) didn't finish my answer. So you go first.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well... Okay, so there's a couple of two there's two different ways that I'll explain it to people um but this doesn't cover all of the executive just uh you know functions right so I want to be very clear this doesn't necessarily cover every single one of them but it can help people kind of understand where your brain goes um in certain in certain situations and so um the first thing I want you to think about, and I learned this when I was in ADHD coaching school, uh, is if you think about two brains, and one has ADHD and the other one doesn't, and you uh, you are asked a question. Uh, and so, for example, the question is, who who is the first president of the United States of America? Now, for somebody that has an ADHD brain, well, actually, I should say both, both brains have a filing cabinet right? In their head. And that filing cabinet is kind of in the back of the brain. And we have the same knowledge, like you and IP could have the exact same knowledge, right?
0: Yeah. Eventually we'll get there to the same place.
2: Yes. Yeah. And so I'm asked the question because I don't have ADHD and I could technically go straight because I'm more of a linear thinker than you are. I could go straight to my filing cabinet and pull out George Washington and be able to answer that, right? Now, somebody that has ADHD, their path to their filing cabinet is not straight. It's not linear. It goes sideways and crooked and all over the place, wherever it wants to go. So you may first hear, okay, first president of the United States, but you may only hear president, And because of our climate that we're in right now, you may, you know, go to Biden or to Trump and get all kinds of feelings, you know, one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And then that takes you off of something else, like to think about something else. And then now that brings you to remind you that you need to to do something for your wife. And then, oh, but we have some deadlines here right before you get to the filing cabinet to to get the question answered and this all happens really 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 fast Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you get to your filing cabinet and you either a don't remember the question and have to ask it again or you do get it but you get it uh, you know you don't necessarily get it as fast as somebody that doesn't have adhd um, because your brain is is going into different spots. So what that what that helps people see is that there isn't a straight path. We have the same filing cabinet, but it's not the same path to get there. Also, my filing cabinet might be organized. Yours might not be. So mm-hmm. it may take some time also to, to find it, right? Just because sure. you have to search through it. So that kind of gives you a visual. But the other way that I explain it to people too, and this I, I always explain when uh, I talk about medication, and I'm not saying... I'm for or against medication. This is just how I explain it to people is you could be uh, on a track field and you know, you and I have the same destination, right? That we have the same race that we're going uh, going to to run. Well, when you don't take medication or you aren't, maybe not even medication, let's put it this way. If you're not managing your ADHD, Okay. So that could be a lot of things that could be exercise, sleep, stress management, right? So it's not just medication. It's everything. If you're not managing your ADHD, then you're probably going to be, let's say a half a mile behind me. Mm -hmm. So I have, I have this like start, like I have this great start ahead of you. And so, when you manage your ADHD, whether that's medication or um, exercise therapy, coaching, whatever it might be, you have the structures to help you, then you're at the same spot. And then then it's a fair race mm-hmm. because we're, we're even. Um, and so, again, that doesn't talk about necessarily how to explain tasks or appearing lazy. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can probably explain that, but... One, I think, is that you're not broken. People need to remember that they're not broken. They don't need to be fixed. Um, And one way is not better than the other way. So just because it took you a little bit longer to get to George Washington doesn't make you any dumber or less than than me. Mm -hmm. And I may not even know as an ADHD, non-ADHD, or I may not know that question anyway, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of variables here. Um so the other one more thing I want to talk about real quick to kind of give you an idea. Let's just say that you know I'm going to Portland from Eugene. And it's a straight it's a pretty straight path yeah, pretty on straight I5. Shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um and you're coming from Portland to Eugene. Right? I may have one way that I get to Portland to your house and you may have one way that you get to my house and neither way is right or wrong we both have different ways of doing it and that's
0: just one gets stuck at a winery and let me tell you that's a delay right well Mm -hmm. and one
2: might get stuck at the coffee shop or at a friend's house or whatever right right so i mean i think that it's just something to to understand that you're going to the same destination it's just that we have different ways of getting there and your mind processes differently
0: I love, I love all these metaphors about how, how the mind works to, to get the job done. I, and it brings up one for me that's just so resonant, which is, uh, which is actually one I learned. I can't remember if it was a math class or a, a software development class or something. I mean, it was years and years and years ago. It was somebody who was talk, talking about how uh, like off-by-one like n- numerical errors happen, right? When you, when you say like, you know, how many years between 2020 and, and the year 2000, it's not 20 years. It's actually 21 years. It's an off by one error, but many people think it's. But but the metaphor that I was given was uh, counting fence posts. Right. Do -hmm. you count the posts of the fence or do you count the spaces of the fence? Right. What Mm -hmm. what is that metaphor? And for me, that executive function uh, challenge is a counting fence post challenge because the neurotypical brain brain is counting the boards. Right? right. Is counting the boards between these two posts. And that might be the most direct shot. But the problem is my brain's going to count the spaces. And with each space comes myriad distractions on the other side of it. Like I can see through it. And that means right. I have to somehow get through the space in my brain and back to the next space so that I can create a count of one. And that I often find is an easy way for me to just think about like, OK, right now, am I counting Fence posts, or am I counting spaces? Because mm-hmm. it could very well be any given task that I'm doing on any given day. I'm stuck in a space, mm-hmm. and uh, I've always, I've always liked that that little metaphor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and I just want to say it goes back to acceptance when we were talking earlier about you know is this ADHD or. um you know, is it something else? And I think that it's understanding that, yeah, a lot of this is ADHD and a lot of it does mean that you're going to need to have some tools in place to yep. to manage that. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't get to your destination. It doesn't mean yeah. that you can't do what you want to do. Uh, is it harder? Yeah. You yeah. know, but it also, it, it there's a lot of benefit when you, when you're able to do it too. So well, and for it, some
0: things, because once you get, once you are comfortable with the fact that this is how your brain works it it will become an invisible skill like there there are there are people who just like anything else they don't they no longer feel that as a deficiency because they've lived with it for so long right right you just know that's how it works and it can be surprising when it works well for other people in front of you but um that's okay you bet uh okay i got a question from heidi I'm recently refocusing on my ADHD after an eight-year hiatus, was diagnosed 10-ish years ago, and got on meds and worked with a coach for a bit, but then lost a job and medical insurance and haven't, quote, dealt with it since then. Once again, I'm without a current job and medical insurance, and so I'm looking into cost-effective ways to get support. I have joined an ADHD support group, and this is helpful. Now, I'm thinking about working with another member on a trial basis, maybe three weeks, to be accountability partners. Any suggestions or guidelines or uh, or potential pitfalls to avoid? We are friendly and supportive of each other through the support group, but don't know each other all that well. Certainly, I would like to be uh, I would like it to be a beneficial relationship for both of us, but I'm not sure if I will be any good in helping someone else when I struggle so much myself. Oh, oh, that's a great question.
2: It's a great question and and uh you will Be beneficial (laughs) and you will be good at helping someone else. I have no doubt about that. Uh, I love this question. I want to say be on the lookout for a show with Jane and Marilyn who both have ADHD and they are going to be talking about uh, how they are accountability partners for each other. So we are going to be talking about this more in depth about how to make it work and and, uh, what to look for. Um, You know, I think that one of the things that Pete said here in his notes was was around patience and setting and understanding expectations. And that's mm-hmm. true. I mean, you do, you need to kind of, you, you need to be clear about what you want out of the relationship, um, set those expectations. But one of the the biggest things I can tell you from uh, an accountability coach who led a, an accountability group coaching group is what I'm trying to say. can't get my words out, yeah. but you have to have a regular time and, and, uh, way that you're communicating. So l- have it be every morning via text at 10 a.m. or every Friday afternoon for one hour. This is when you guys are going to get together. Mm-hmm. I can almost guarantee you. that if you guys just say, oh, I'll get back to you later or I'll get to you this weekend or whatever, it will die. The relationship will die probably within about two weeks.
0: Yep. Absolutely, it will. And and that was the first thing that I thought about, which was like, you've you've got to consider that when you talk about setting expectations, you got to consider what are the behaviors that are within the accountability group, like partnership structure? And what are the behaviors that are outside of that structure? If you like there, there has to be a shared commitment toward coming together, knowing that it's going to be a challenge. But communicating and staying open to it because if you uh, if if the other person just stops showing up right or ghosts you for a couple of days, that's no longer a valued uh, like relationship. So you want to watch those things. But maybe that's the accountability that they need. that's what they need maybe what they're gonna ask you for is I'm terrible at coming to meetings and I, it's likely I'm gonna skip it. I need you to to hound me. that's what I need from you. What do you mm-hmm. need from me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you just mm-hmm. have to understand what the ground rules are, because at some point, you, you're going to need to come to terms with what are the behaviors that will cause the relationship to come to an end. It's like any other partnership. At some point, something might happen, and you, you've just got to know this was the line in the sand. Like, I'm no longer getting the value out of this relationship that I expected or that we once did, and it's time to move on with grace and yeah. dignity, and that's okay. Okay.
2: And if both of you are those people that need to have that type of like, both of you might yeah. n- not show up. You, you might not be right great accountability, accountability partners. For yeah, each other. you're not right. going to be the right partners, and so right. then I would encourage you to find somebody else in that group that that does feel comfortable enough to be able to to set the alarm and know that they're going to follow yeah. through with it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you got to be honest about that. But this is the thing: this could be a really this could be a transformational relationship for the two of you. Truly. If you can make it work, yep. you know, it, it, if you are patient and don't give up on it, evaluate it after a couple of weeks, see if it's working out for both of you. What kind of changes do you need? Whatever, like Pete said. Um, but this could be transformational. I mean, yep. honestly, it, it accountability and it's not accountability of you're doing it for somebody. It's just that having somebody to to walk with you, you know, while you're going through this, who understands it. it, it Someone
0: to to cherish and celebrate, right? Right, Someone to party with when you do things great. Like, there is such a great, just wide open opportunity to lift one another up and uh, I think take every opportunity to do that. Uh, Well,
2: and one last thing is I think it's good that they don't know each other very well.
0: Yeah, I really
2: do. Like, I think that's going to be in your favor because there's not going to be any... um, Concern about hurting feelings, you're not going to be so close to the situation that that you won't you 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 won't hold back, right? Yeah, that's that's the problem sometimes when we have accountability partners be loved ones, especially mm-hmm. spouses. Yeah, not always a good thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the ADHD coach it. just said that everybody.
2: because <laughs> yeah. yeah. that oh, there's, that opens up so many. Oh, um, right rsd moments right yeah right right totally. so uh not knowing each other i think is is really actually pretty smart
0: and just remember in an accountability relationship lying to yourself is tantamount to lying to someone else right because if you can't be honest with yourself then how can you be honest in this relationship
1: so that's right being
0: incredibly candid about when you fall down uh rather than making up A story that fits the experience is Mm -hmm. really important. And you Mm -hmm. don't need to tell anybody about what's going on in your brain. You just have to tell yourself this time was hard and I'm going to be honest about it. I'm going to be complete and authentic Uh, because that that can torpedo the accountability relationship, too. Mm -hmm. uh, Last question, I believe. Yes. uh, From Anani Moss. In the last couple of months, the show has talked about Pete and his health after dealing with COVID. I appreciate the transparency and vulnerability of sharing these stories with the community. So as a friendly check-in from said community, how are you feeling, Pete? First of all, I love that. And also, I'm sorry if it feels like I've been belaboring my health over the last couple of months. Uh it's it's been six months actually. And wow. uh I, I don't mean to be a repetitive um person about that, but it was a pretty big part of of life as it is with many, 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 many people right now. And um, you know, I'm okay. Thank you for asking. It's been six months, still on a raft of support uh supplements and still taking my blood pressure three times a day and watching my blood ox because I've got some weird, still those weird vascular things going on. But I'll tell you, my mood, I feel like a million bucks. Uh, oh, and um, so I am, you know, I'm mobile. My my <laughs> limbs aren't swelling radically anymore. That's that's over as of last month. That's feeling pretty good. Uh, so it's all good. It's all good. good. Thanks for asking. I oh. appreciate it.
2: I yeah. I know I'm happy to hear that and I'm sure all of our listeners are too.
0: Thank you. So that's, that's it. That's our, that's our Q&A. 2021 that's Happy New Year Q&A. So, so appreciate you all coming and hanging out with us. We've got a good year coming up. Oh, we are. You, I've changed are we're, we're changing some things up a little bit. Uh, you'll notice our numbering is changing because there has been some uh, influence from some of the directories to to start thinking of shows in seasons and episodes, and uh, so we're changing it up. So i we we're actually doing we're starting to think about our show in terms of two seasons a year because we do take a, a natural break in the holidays and a natural break in July uh, every year, and so we've got two seasons a year. That means this episode right now marks season twenty two. Oh my god. Episode gosh. 1. 2201 is where that we are today. That is crazy. It's bananas. Um under the old it's numbering. Been
2: how long? When when did 10 we years. start this? In ten, 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've uh, yeah, ever fact, been consistent ten, with anything for ten years. I,
0: <laughs> I think our ten year <laughs> our ten year anniversary was July when I got super sick, and so yeah. we missed it. We yeah. just we missed it. So we'll have to do something at eleven. But uh, twenty two, not so bad. And uh, so twenty two, episode one. And, and so I think going forward, the numbers will will change. We'll make them. It, it's on the little artwork, at twenty season 22 and then episode one. then
2: So it'll be like 2202.
0: Yeah, 2201, 2202. Yeah. yeah and we'll just yeah. kind of roll with it that way. So uh, we appreciate your flexibility. If you are a number person and numbers matter to you, 2201. And uh, <laughs> I like it. I do too. I think it's great. <laughs> I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, thanks, everybody. You're the best. We sure appreciate you for uh, downloading and listening to this show. Thank you for your time and your attention. Don't forget, if you have something to contribute to this conversation, we're going to head over to the Show Talk channel in the Discord server, and you can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you right back here next week on Taking Control, the ADHD Podcast.